All right. <clears throat> so I think the structure that I've tried to put together this morning uh, is a very simple one. It's basically about we look at the story itself, S story, um, and then we look at the identity of Jesus Christ within the story, identity I, and then the question would be what would be our response to that? R. So S I R. Sir. Yeah, if you remember that that's the structure. <clears throat> the story itself, the full story, identity of Jesus Christ within the story, and our response as people to that story. So if we open our Bibles to the book of John, uh, chapter 6, I think it's verse 16. John 6, 16. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. Then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. Um, the Lord bless the reading of his words. Say, okay, good. So this is the story. But actually, you know, what is interesting about the Bible, what I love so much about the Bible compared to every other book, is that it's such a book that you read, and every time that you read it, um, you, read, you know, the Holy Spirit is able to give you a different interpretation, and it's something that transforms your life and change your life. It's, it's amazing. But there's another aspect of it, is the fact that you actually have the book itself corroborating itself. So if you look at the Gospels, they were written by different people, but actually um, the story is similar, but there is also how one story can help to complement the other story. So let's read the same story in the book of Matthew. And the attention, I want you to pay attention to the differences, not the similarities in the book. Uh, I think it will be chapter 12, and then the verse will be 20 something, 22. Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. 
he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hands and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Amen. Truly, you are the Son of God. So the first one we read, John 6, told a same story from the beginning to the end, but this is a bit more detailed. If we look at the book of Luke, I think chapter 6, no, no, Luke actually, Mark, Mark 6. Uh, I think it's 45. Yes, immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and got before him to the other side to perceive Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of him, he went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out of the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making heavy, a headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of night, he came to them, walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them. He meant to pass by them. That's very important. I'll come back to that later. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out. For they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astonished, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. Amen. So if you look at all these three stories, I don't know if any one of you watched God's Not Dead, uh, part one and part two. God's Not Dead. It's a movie. No, no, okay. There's a Christian movie, very popular actually, God's Not Dead. Uh, in part two of it, they brought a guy, this happened in real life, but they brought him into that movie. He wrote a book about, he used to be a, a police officer uh, interrogating people. His job is actually to interrogate people before they go uh, to court. And usually you will look at them, um, so if something happened, he'll bring many people into, this, uh, into the room, interrogate them. But what he found is that actually, um, when you interrogate different people, we will be able to get the gist of the story, even though they might give different uh, version of it, there will be more details here and there. That's what is happening here. He was actually able to uh, use that, his skills as a police officer, being a Christian, to then write a book around Matthew, Peter, John, Luke, the Gospel, how they corroborate each other. So for example, in this case, two of them be mentioned about uh, Peter, Peter saying, you know, Jesus, Come to bench, can I come to you and so on? Uh, but that gives us a perspective. We are just one of them who know that part of the story. So that's the story. Okay, so this first part of the talk is really just what is the story about? Um, and um, in terms of context of the story, is why? Why did Jesus, the story was really about Jesus hurriedly, you know, asking these people to leave. He chased them, if you like, away. You know, the disciple first. And then the people, over 20 something thousand people, because there were 5,000 people uh, that he fed just before this. He fed 5,000. And um, he then asked them to leave. Um, I think if you want to know the reason for that, it will be in the book of John, chapter 6. What we, the one that we read just earlier on, chapter 6, 
verse 22. Um, so I think, so it's perceiving, that's John 6, 15. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. So what happened was that Jesus Christ just did something miraculous, something amazing, and this guy thought, wow, exactly, this guy we've been waiting for, and so on. And the crowd were trying to get hold of him and make him their king. Okay, this guy didn't like the Roman authority. <laughs> This is an uprising against all the authorities, the government. This is what we're trying, we're trying to do, make him king right now. And of course, that was not Jesus' mission here on earth. His king, kingship is what is from the above. It's a spiritual uh, kingship. Um, so that was why Jesus actually, first and foremost, and maybe, again, maybe, I don't know if you have watched The Chosen, anybody? The Chosen, again, a very, very good Christian movie, amazing. That's a series, really very good. Uh, what the chosen does is put perspective into the gospel. So if you tell the story, right, then add a bit of Jewish things that are not in the Bible, but are likely things that will happen you know, in those days, you know, as a Jewish person, Jesus Christ walking in, in, in Nazareth and all this, what are the other things that will happen? They brought all that into the story and made it really come alive. Um, so this is what was happening. This guy wanted to force Jesus to be king, and of course, and the disciples too could easily be caught in, in, in that. He said, yeah, exactly, this is what we've been talking about, especially Peter uh, in that movie, in Chosen. Peter was like that, like, you know, Christ, what do you think? I think you should take over now. And he was already looking at how he'd be the second in command, the prime minister, when Jesus is the president or something. Um, and that's why Jesus asked them to leave. So this is the context. And then Jesus Christ then went, on the mountain to pray again prayer and then while he was praying and they were going through the sea by the way this sea was just uh, a very small uh, sea actually it's not a big one it's only about six uh, miles or seven miles no, no longer than that but there was this strong wind a very heavy strong wind um, that made it impossible for them to go across what was interesting was that Jesus was able to see that right from the mountain, where he was, he was able to see that we were going through some challenges. And then he then walked over to them. And he was just, you know, his intention, the Bible says, was to pass him by, you know, to pass them by. <coughs> so he saw them struggle and so on, but he was to pass them by. But again, he then stopped, and then they saw him. Of course, they're terrified, afraid, and so on. And then he said, you know, guys, calm down. I am the one, and so on. And then, as soon as he got into the boat, everything ceased, and they got to the end of the boat immediately. Okay, you know, Matthew added immediately. So, in the chosen, Matthew has a statistic. Actually, he has a bit of autism, which is good for him actually because it makes him extraordinary. He was able to see things that other couldn't see. And when you read the book of Matthew, that Matthew gives details more than everyone here else. He's the one that talks about immediately. He's the one that will tell you the minds involved. He's the one that will tell you exactly the numbers. He was very good with numbers. And by the way, he was working for the Romans to help them collect taxes. You have to be a good accountant to be able to do that at the time. So Chosen was very good in being able to present that in that movie, okay? So um, that was the story, okay? So that's, you know, if we're going to start, the miracle in there was just, okay, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ walk uh, on water. 
So, as you know, you know, I, I study science, I teach science. So my <coughs> definition of miracle, so what is miracle really? What is science? So to me personally, the way I see science is, it's very simple. Because sometimes as Christians, it, we, we complicate it, we make it look at something very, very grand. And it could be grand, okay? But for me, miracle is simple. You see, God in his creation brings about there are principles through which he governs our life. And you see, whether you like it or not, that is just the way it is. There's nothing you can do about it. There are things that you cannot argue against. So, example, this is a bit expensive. It costs me some money. If I throw it up, what do you think is going to happen, Mike? Uh, it'll come down. Exactly. So, it's because it's something called acceleration due to gravity. There's nothing you can do about that. Mm -hmm. All right? So, if you put water in a, you know, a plastic bag and then poke it with uh, a needle. What is going to happen? Come out. Uh, yeah, yeah, what will come out? Exactly. So <clears throat> those are the principles. They are just basic principles. But there are times when these principles are broken. Okay. So anything that suspends a principle, yeah, then you can just see that as a miracle. It's an extraordinary something that is above the norm. Mm. All right. So and actually, it takes somebody who is above that rule, right, and ready to be able to do that. So an ordinary person cannot do it, okay? So that's what miracle is. So you can't walk on water. It's very simple. It's a basic, basic yeah. principle of life, and we all know that, right? But when somebody walks on water, that's why it's special. You can't use two fish and, you know, loaf of bread to feed thousands of people. When you do that, you've done something extraordinary because yeah. the principle of sharing of bread is basically you can only go around that much. It's a basic physics, basic yeah. math, right? Um, so that's miracle. That's yeah. why Jesus performed miracle. That's why that miracle was there. But there's another thing. So that's the story. So now let's look at the identity of Jesus and how it's revealed. So at the beginning of the story, Jesus had a mission. You understand to fulfill that mission. So he was very focused about that. So regardless of what you think. So in politics, for example, we like a guy who is very eloquent, who can get the crowd. Because that's how you win election. Interestingly, yeah. Jesus Christ uh, got the crowd and he chased them away. Why? Because that was not his purpose here yeah. on earth. Yes, sir. He has his own purpose and he came for a reason. Jesus Christ was able to see far you know, into the future because he holds the future. Jesus Christ came on the water and he was going to pass them by. You know, in the Bible, they call that, you know, there's something called a theophany, there's something called epiphany. You know, theophany is basically, you know, God and revelation, God and revealed, you know, when God himself revealed himself. So these guys were going through troubles, they're going through challenges, you know, the same for us too as people. We do go through storms in life like this. Yeah. We do go through, you know, problems. And sometimes the question is, why is it that number one, Jesus Christ that knows tomorrow and know everything, actually asked them to go? That's the first question. The second question was, why was it on the mountain? And he waited for them to struggle for several, maybe a few hours before he actually came to struggle to, and so on and so forth. So we will ask so many questions as followers of Jesus. But we can be rest assured in one thing, that he knows. Yeah. Amen. So that he knows. Yeah. So and he knows and he's also able, he has the capacity, the capability, the power to yeah. rescue. Yeah. Right? He knows he has the power 
but he's also willing. He's also what? Willing. You know, in the theophany of God that we saw in the book of Exodus, we saw in the book of Kings, we saw in many matters the Bible of God has appeared to Isaac, to you know, Moses, to different people, to Elijah, yeah. and so all these theophanies in the Bible, God just revealed a part of them to these people. But you see, in the old, in the New Testament, Jesus Christ, you know, revealed himself fully mm. to these yeah. people. Amen. Amen. So that's the identity of Christ. Yeah. His identity is that, you see, so when you look at him walking on water, it wasn't for fun, right? It wasn't just to prove I can do it. It was really a demonstration of the fact that I created all this. It's in the book of Hebrews. Yeah. For me, they were created. Mm. All created yeah. for his own pleasure. Amen. Yeah. And that is why he has control over the storm, control over the water, yeah. control over acceleration due to gravity. Yeah. Control over, you know, there's a mansion in physics as well that, you know, when you are on top of water, you have to actually be able to, um, acclimatizing principle, they call it in physics. So you have to spend enough for you to float. Jesus Christ did not need to follow that principle because. He holds all these principles yeah. in his hands. That is yeah. who he is. So, and then, you know, of course, these guys were afraid, were terrified. On that, some to this too, to, to some extent. Mm. Uh, but then Jesus Christ said to say, then, who, who can remember from who he said? Because in the three stories, he actually said exactly the same thing. What did he say? Don't be afraid. Yes, and it is I. Yeah. So, don't be afraid. It is I, or don't be afraid, it is I am, you know, so on. See, the, that word is, you know, in the Greek is actually translated. It's the same word that is used in Exodus, um, you know, where in Genesis, where God says, I am who I am. You know, when anybody asks you, I am who I am. So basically, it's, it's called, in, I think it's in Hebrew, you say, Ego in Ego imi, I am, I am. Right, I am an emphasis over I am a sure I am. Yeah. You know, this is you know I am. Mm. And that is the identity of Christ. I mean, here, if you look at it, it's not really clear enough uh, in that John said, I am in Luke, it wasn't clear, but as you read John a little bit more in that same chapter, say, I am the bread of life. Yeah. I am, I am, I am. Nobody says that. You know, in Jesus' time, there are things that we say today. That uh, maybe because we are joking or because in Jesus' time, you are very careful with what you say. And last time I preached, remember I spoke about I living among Muslims, you know, and, and for years. You read Quran like no man business. You know every word of it. If there's A instead of D, somebody will correct you because you cram it, you know, from when you're very, very young. The same with it. Jewish people at the time of Jesus. So they don't joke, they don't play with their words. So when Jesus says, says for example, I, I am a good shepherd, it's not a joke. Um, the reason for that is that Psalm 23, well, how does it start? The Lord is my shepherd. And you see, before that, yeah, God already says, you know, uh, there are bad shepherds all around, and I will send you a good shepherd, I am the good shepherd, and so on and so forth. Yeah. So Psalm 23 is what this guy reads all the time. All their life. They know yeah. it, they know it inside out. So when somebody stands in front of them and says, I am the good shepherd, that person is not joking. Mm -hmm. So and that is why um, uh, C.S. Lewis says the person must either be what? Uh, a lunatic. 
Yeah. You must be very stupid. You must be either a lunatic or you are who you say that you are. Yeah. So you see, the Jesus Christ that we serve, we have to take it seriously. Yeah. Because there is no sitting on the fence with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. He didn't come to the world really to for us to sit on the fence and say, well, you know, I can't be like Jesus Christ because he's a very nice prophet and he says some very nice things. No, Jesus yeah. Christ is not, he didn't say nice things. Mm -hmm. Alright, so the things that we, he was talking about, they were actually counter-cultural and very, very strong words. Yeah. Alright, so he was either a lunatic mm -hmm. or the son of God. Yeah. And actually, that was, this guy's so was the word is all, oh, truly, the son of God. Yeah. Amen. And they you know, don't have time to read a few passages, but actually, if you look at Psalms, okay, this story about the uh, let me look at it. Psalm, I think it's 29. Uh, because, okay, this story about the river, um, ocean, Job, for example, let's let's read Job. Job, that, that one is short. Job 9 8. Anybody, if you can find it, please. Job 9 8. He alone has spread out the heavens and marches and marches on the on the waves of the sea. Exactly. So they knew this guy have read this many times. They, yeah. they know the book of Job very well. Okay. They know only God marches over the sea. Yeah. Okay. So Psalm 107. Let's try 107. I think 20 something, 20. Start from 23. Anyone, if you can find it? Some went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that mm -hmm. lifted high the waves. We carry on. Yes, yes. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wits' end, and they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm. He guided them to their desired haven. Amen. So you can, you can read that. Let's say you one there's Psalm 29, there's Psalm 89. These people read this regularly. Jesus yeah. Christ read it inside out. We, this, they, they, this is something they know very, very well. All right. So when they saw, so like us, we just read, oh, very nice, he walk on the sea. It's not the same story with them. This is their lived experience, like expectation of, oh, God, we do this. God, yeah. we do this. And they saw Jesus Christ doing it. And that's why I said, wow, yeah. you are truly the son of God. Yeah. So the story, the identity of Jesus Christ yeah. has revealed in this. Uh, as I finish now, it's really what then is our response. Mm. You know, like I was sharing with my wife this morning, I said, you know, just, just imagine, and this could be any vocation uh, or, or anything. But look at this story. I'm just thinking about imagining this story. Imagine that your friend, yeah? Um, it's a pilot, okay, and this guy, you know, he's, he's known so many planes all over the world, well known, and you know him, 
Um, so whenever he finishes, you know, he lands at the airport. His his other colleagues and many people say, oh, very good, you know, that's very good and so on. Because they expect him, this is what he's been doing, this is what they know him for. But you as his friend or his brother, you know, somebody who's very close to him, obviously, ah, I'm shocked you have done that, you know. Uh, when you say it the first time, it's complimentary. It's like a compliment. You say it the second time. If every time this guy lands uh, an aeroplane, you are still shocked, something is wrong, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, because he really means, you know, it stops that from, oh, you respect and appreciate what he's doing, that actually you are devaluing him to an extent. And this is the way I was looking at some of these things with the disciples. Last week when Mark preached, the centurion, this guy, the Roman of official, was not a Christian. No. You understand? But when Jesus told him, that boy or girl will be healed, yeah. they, he believed straight away. Yeah. But it was actually the disciples that he believed very much. Mm. In this case also, you see that the disciples also were really terrified mm. and they thought Jesus was a ghost and Jesus was uh, maybe a demon because yeah. you know, in that time, demon actually makes what they well. They thought demons. Uh, stirred waters, yeah. uh, and that's what caused storms, right? If you read another passage of the Bible, the people will jump into river when there is storm because they thought yeah. they would be blind, we see, and there will be miracles because demons comes around. That was yeah. the belief. Even the disciples of Jesus were caught in that as well. Mm -hmm. And that is really, you know, the challenge to us is as people of God, I'm not knocking the disciples here. And the reason for that is, you know, remember, this was recorded for us. Not yeah. for them. They didn't have a record. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They kind of they were like people that learned in the job and then improve and improve and yeah. went along. Peter went on to be one of the greatest Christian leaders imagine. Yeah. Right? Even though he fails falter here, he became a great leader after. Yeah. But we have this record as people of God. Right. What do we make of this? What should be our response to challenges around us? Yeah. Right. Is it that a fear? or of faith, mm. that of unbelief or of belief. Yeah. You know, because this Jesus Christ, he is the Christ. Yeah. He is the Son of God. Yeah. He is that God yeah, that has shown himself physically to us. Yeah. He is the one who knows our tomorrow from today. He already knows our tomorrow. He knows about our storms yeah. uh, and he is able and willing to rescue us from that storm yeah. we as people of god need to believe we as people of course need to make sure that it's about faith not fear yeah. amen you know amen. fear is a very powerful tool in the hands of the enemy yeah. because when you look at fear fear is really magnifying Things created by God and diminishing God Himself. Faith is saying, I know that there is problem and all this, but my God is bigger than my problem. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And in all this, as I close, when we look at you know the miracles and the signs and the I am in the book of John and many of others in the book of uh, in the gospel. There's always this scenario. So in the uh, 
feeling of the five thousand, you know, the first the, the, the wine. Yeah. The story of the wine, you know, I kind of took somewhere about it, and I call it a few peas. So the first piece really that there was a party, party going on, everybody that's it, and there was palava, you know, trouble, and there was prayer coming from the mom of Jesus Christ, you know, yeah. he says, just do it. But actually, when you look at the tree, you know, the party, the palaver, and the prayer, they were to lead to something that there would be a miracle, right? Yeah. But the miracle was not the key. It was that the name of God be glorified. Yeah. It was there that he would be praised. You know, party, palaver, prayer, but the key is praise. Yeah. Praise to the Lord. So here as well is about this journey. In the journey there is obviously uh, what we can call interruption, right? Storm, but there is divine intervention. Yeah. But yes, interruption in the journey, divine intervention. But it is not really about these three. Mm. It is about the fact that there is a God that is revealed to His people. Yeah. A God that is always with you. Yeah. He's been going around eating with you. He's just fed five thousand, but it's revealed to you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And as he, Jesus was revealed to them, so is he revealed to us as well. So that we may believe. And as we believe, our lives might be transformed. Amen. Amen. So let us rise and just pray about this. Let's just if you can stand with us. <laughs> Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, because you know you are God, you do not need sign. You, know, you don't need a sign uh, to prove anything to yourself. Yeah. You know, as it's written, this signs out just for us as people that we may believe. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for this story that you know we've kind of studied uh, uh, this morning. And I just pray, Lord Jesus, your another way of who you can call theophany really is the Spirit of God within us, revealing Himself, you know, God to us. And I pray, Lord Jesus, as we live today, that Father, you will reveal yourself to us. You know, you will reveal yourself even in those three chapters, uh, <clears throat> three, three books of the Bible. You know, one story leading to another. We've not even covered the story of Peter and how Peter responded. You know, Peter, for example, yes, it looks like he was the only one jumping uh, jump to call me and let me walk on water. But he had walked on water. The other people, yes, they didn't make any mistake, of course, because they never tried. But he tried. He tried. And you rescued him when he was doubting. When he fell, you rescued him. And Father, we just pray for us as well. Give us the boldness to step out. This week, give us the boldness to step out. You know, to say, Lord, I have seen you do great things. I have seen you pray for people that they are healed. You know, Lord, I want to try. Help me to do this. I have seen, you know, lives liberated, you know, through you. Father, help me. Let me start, start in my own step. Yes, sometimes you, I may fall like Peter, but I know that I'm going to rise again. Father, Lord Jesus, I just pray Holy Spirit, help us this way. Help us this way. That Lord Jesus, when we see miracles, you know, miracles of life transformed around us, miracles of you using us to bring about peace yeah. in the area of where there's turbulence, that we will not be people who just be shocked and say, oh wow, this unbelief, this is not possible. We'll be people that just see it as normal. 
we see it as, no, God, this is the business that you have come to the world to do, and we are grateful that we can partner with you. Yeah. Father, we pray that it's a blessed week for us. Yeah. It's a great week for us, a miraculous week for us, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Amen.